This is Robert Dillon, and welcome to the Help Me Understand podcast, a learning conversation designed to release trap wisdom into the system through a series of interviews with everyday awesome people. Hope you enjoy the ideas, questions, resources, and laughs that come with guests helping me to understand a wide variety of topics. Here we go. Good day and welcome to the Help Me Understand podcast. In this episode, I talk with Dan Kennedy. I've known Dan since elementary school, and uh, he's also a fellow graduate of the class of 1992 at Pattonville High School. Dan is the founder of Kumveka, a nonprofit marketing agency providing communication solutions for ministries. Combining both corporate and ministry experience, he helps organizations make better decisions, maximizes limited resources, and makes their missions clear and compelling. Dan and his wife, Sarah, have four amazing young adults they're supporting, along with the work they're doing in their community of Richmond, Virginia. It was great to catch up with Dan, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Dan Kennedy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Bob. Yeah, so where in the world would people find you these days? (laughs) Uh, Well, my residence is in Richmond, Virginia, um, which is, yep, um, it's a great place to be. It's where my wife was born and raised. And so, um, yeah, it's a great, we, we love it. And I was on the phone with somebody last night who was going to the Richmond Spiders basketball game. Apparently they're having a great season. She was yes. all excited. So uh, I know Richmond is a uh, basketball country as well. I, I suppose it is. So, uh, so um, a little bit about uh, going all the way back. So what, um, your zip code. So uh, all of us grew up in similar zip codes here in the St. Louis yep. area, but how do you feel like your zip code Whoa. impacted who you are today and what you're doing today? Whoa, man, Bob, you just start with- I, start I, with no, the, no more softballs, man. Where no, is that, that was that was it, because I was, I was hoping for a favorite color. But um, yeah, man, 63043, right? Um, isn't it funny how we remember those addresses? And so maybe there's a, maybe that's our metaphor, right? Is to not forget where you came from and like, your phone number growing up, like there's something that's kind of encoded about that. Um, I, I think what's, uh, uh, so I'm gonna riff with you, Bob. I think what's, yeah. what's interesting to me is like, I grew up at, uh, on uh, West Bay Drive, zero to 18, right? Before I went to Mizzou and um, nothing changed, right? So like, I, I was at Pattonville, this like a whole like zero to 18. And uh, like, I, my life was like a picture of like stability and what's crazy is that I think that you kind of hit that graduation point from high school or maybe from college and like you make a choice whether you're going to go like kind of in some ways kind of repeat what you grew up with um, or make some big changes. And so um, honestly, I think my I kind of reacted kind of the opposite of what my childhood was like. And so I graduated from Mizzou and I uh, moved to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina with a job. Uh, with Procter and Gamble, and I did. We moved to. Um, I got my wife and I got married. Um, yeah, right out of college. I uh, met her at age fourteen, which is crazy because that was my high school days. And um, so sh- uh, we went. We went from Sa- uh, Columbia, Missouri, to Charlotte, North Carolina, to uh, Washington D.C., Alexandria, to Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio, to Grand Rapids. Here comes the curveball. We went from Grand Rapids, Michigan to Tianjin, China, which is just outside of Beijing, where we lived for three years. Uh, at the time, we actually we moved there with our four kids, which is even crazier. They were seven, five, four, and three, um, for those uh, keeping track. Um, we moved from Tianjin, China to Richmond, Virginia, 
uh, 11 years ago. So and finally took a deep breath after all of that. Come on. I know. It's like, try to, try to edit that one, Bob, in your post-production. But yeah, you know, I think that's amazing. But, you know, when I'm hiring teachers these days, I'm always looking for people that have done something like that mm. or have seen perspective beyond where you went to high school, beyond the city that you grew up. I think there's something about broadening perspective. Then you take that all the way to international. That's a whole nother level of uh, perspective on things. Um, still friends and still folks in China that you connect with? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a, a dear friend of mine who's actually, uh, he went, he traveled to Korea, got put in quarantine for two weeks. Uh, they canceled his conference that he was going there to go participate in. On the way back to China, they put him back in quarantine and he's like a week into his quarantine, like in his office being quarantined. So uh, I would yes. lose my mind. Yes. I've already thought about this. Like, I, I, I'm prepping for my own quarantine, right? Like, I don't know, like, what I would do, right? Like, I think I would walk holes in my floor. No, the, the podcast would be, would be rich at that point, Bob. I think, <laughs> I think we would all benefit from you having a quarantine. Maybe in a couple of ways, to be honest. Yeah, with you. there are moments where my family's like, can you go out of town for a couple of days? We need some oxygen back in the room. So yes. it's, it's a good thing. Um, so certainly China fits into those uh, peak experiences, but what other kind of peak experiences have you had over the last 20 or so years that, um, you know, that you point to and that you'll never forget? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, part of our, a big part of our story, so my wife's name is Sarah. Um, we have uh, four kids. The first two are, we call not adopted because our second two are adopted. And so my, my oldest daughter um, was from South Korea. My youngest daughter is from China and just learned a lot about, um, yeah, about family, uh, what it means to belong and, uh, and the importance of like, even like those first two years of life and um, just the security that's involved. And so just a lot of our story is like learning about that, learning about trauma. Um, and yeah, just that there is yeah really rich things about that and really just hard things as well. So adoption, adoption is a big, big part of our story. Yeah, it's amazing. I know you know that my wife was involved with that for a long period of time in doing both international domestic adoption. And okay. uh, she actually still plays kind of informal consultant with some folks around that. Really? And just saying like, hey, we're thinking about this. Can you kind of give us the lay of the land and perspective? And so that wow. still uh, plays a role in our household too. And uh, at some point in time, we had thought that maybe that's the direction we were going to play, but mm -hmm. we're very happy with uh Ellie and Emily, and that was supposed to be the size of our family. And so that's, that's right. kind of where we are. Um, what about on the work side of things? I know you yeah. mentioned you Procter & Gamble, but I know that you've settled into a role that you've been in with for a while. And yeah. uh, it's pretty exciting and pretty unique, I think. Well, yeah, thanks. It's, um, yeah, it definitely is a niche. And so I spent my, basically my first 10 years doing corporate uh, brand and marketing work, um, which I really loved. And then I got to spend three years in China, frankly, doing some similar work. Um, and then when I came back to the States, like I had this opportunity to actually start a nonprofit. Um, uh, and so that's where I work today. Um, so I'm the executive director of a group called Kumbeka. Uh, it's K-U-M-B-E-K-A. And so we're a, we're a nonprofit uh, and we're a marketing agency. And so we uh, service, uh, we serve uh, Christian nonprofits um, around the world with marketing services like research and strategy and creative uh, so yeah, we just, I and mean, we have a small team of like 10 folks. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. We've learned a lot and, um, yeah, it's, uh, I am, I have, I have grown more probably these 11 years than I did in my first 10. That's for sure. 
Yeah, that's cool. I, I, I imagine your office being this office space in Richmond, Virginia, that people drive by and they say, Kumbeka, what is that thing? And yes. like, it's just like, I drive by all these like strip malls and office places and you're like, what is that? And you don't realize a company behind a wall has a global, fo global footprint, right? Yeah, yeah. So you guys impact folks in a number of countries, right? We do, yeah. So we, our clients range from, I mean, 75% of our clients are actually operate um, outside, either they have often a U.S. footprint, but then we'll have some type of international focus or global presence as well. So, um, yeah. which is pretty cool. And part of my, especially my early days at, at uh, here at Quebeca, um, I've got to travel um, a really good amount. So there's, there's um, I have many a different podcasts. Bob, we'll just talk travel. Um, there you I, go. Yeah, I, I know. And I, stories. I, I have enjoyed it. I know it stressed my family a little mm -hmm. bit, but um, I wouldn't give it back. Um, yeah. It's been so great to see, um, mostly domestically, but to be able to go to a number of places. And, you know, we were able to take the whole family uh, because of some of my travel to Italy for like 17 days wow. last year. Wow. And, um, yeah, and I keep telling my spoiled, rotten, entitled children like that. Um, <laughs> This was like a trip of the decade. We're not planning the next European vacation tomorrow. Uh, I've said I've watched my friend Dan Kennedy. He has to pay for college tuition. So we oh, need to man. watch what our travel looks like. Don't, so. don't do it, you have man. folks in colleges, yes? I do, yeah. So I've got my, my two oldest, um, Zachary and Noah, are there at Virginia Tech and a, a school here in Virginia called Christopher Newport uh, University. So uh, yeah, uh, if we're not careful, Bob, we're going to have to become adults pretty soon. And I'm not looking forward to it because... Yeah. I've avoided, and I still think you're only as old as you act. And so um, <laughs> I have uh, held on to that. And being in the middle school for 15 years uh, kind of kept me rolling with that. So um, when your business goes well, um, what what happens? What's success look like? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because it's it's a um, so we we definitely run like a marketing agency, but we're a nonprofit, and so I have a board of directors that I report to, and. Um, and so, uh, in that way, like we're, we're definitely a little, little different model. Um, but a lot of, for us, it's, um, when we, when things go well, I have a, like a long pipeline of, of projects, uh, in the mix, which is super helpful. It creates a, a healthy financial flow for us, but it also allows me to staff up. Uh, so we're at 10 now, but we're already post, uh, about three or four new positions, which is really exciting and scary. Um, but it increases our chance to be able to impact, um, more nonprofits. So. Um, that's definitely where my heart is, is to be able to kind of grow, uh, to grow that, but there's, you know, there's risk involved. Um, yeah. So we're learning, that's for sure. Yeah, I was a part of a, a small uh, startup that at the time had 20 or 25 folks, and a year and a half later, they had 150 folks. And mm. uh, just that whole idea about how do you keep community within your own group, and like, how does your business feel like a family, or mm -hmm. the best parts of family, maybe not the worst parts of family, but the best parts of family? Um, I, I know that you probably work hard to kind of internally um, uh, keep everybody both productive and happy and um, faithful and all kinds of things, right? So how, tell me a little bit about how you internally uh, take care of your people. Mm, that's great, Bob. Um, yeah, I mean, I, culture to me is a, is a, um, I, we spend a, we spend a ton of time and I, I would argue money uh, against culture because I, I do believe it's, um, yeah, it's a huge part of what makes, um, what makes us whole, like in the workplace. And we spend, I mean, how many hours of our, 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 our days, frankly, the, the best, many cases, the best hours of our day, we often spend investing in our, our workplace. And so I think as a leader, I think we have responsibility to be able to create an environment that is, um, that is healthy, 
Uh, and so, yeah, we spent a ton of time uh, talking about our, our values and actually affirming that um, in each other. And so like our, our four big values, are we, and they're on the wall behind me, Bob, you can see it audio. Hey, if it's on the wall, that means it's, it's deep in the DNA, deep, right? Yeah. I work with schools all the time where they're like, we have a mission statement. Can't you see it? I'm <laughs> it's like, somewhere. yeah, it's somewhere. It's, Let me get it out. It's on paper. It counts. But I know when you live the mission, yeah, uh, that's right. it's for real. So tell me those four. Yeah. So the four are um, love well, um, execute with excellence, uh, learn constantly and initiate solutions. And so every Monday morning in our team meeting, we'll, we call out folks that are demonstrating these things. And so it's actually part of like our, uh, as we review folks from a performance standpoint, uh, but it's also how we actually uh, encourage our culture on an everyday basis. And the other big thing for us, because we're small, we get to say to people like, hey, like make this a place where you want to work. And mm -hmm. so sometimes that's flexibility and like where, where you work and taking like the vacation that you take. And um, yeah, so we, I think uh, hopefully we create an environment of a place where people want to work. And yeah. what happens, I think people do even, they do a better job from a performance standpoint. Uh, when that's like when you can take in those things into consideration. So yeah, I've been promoting for schools a little bit, this kind of results only work environment. Right. Mm. And so certainly when you're in a service industry like education and there are responsibilities on a daily basis. Right. But like, mm -hmm. if you get your stuff done, right. Like you don't have to be there until X time. Right. We're well past that in the world. I think. Come on. I know I'm with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, does Sarah play a role in the organization or does she do some other things? She doesn't. So she's um, my wife, uh, Sarah. So like for those that like this, the, the history of Sarah a little bit is like we were 14. Um, her, I met her at the wedding of my oldest brother to her oldest sister, which is a whole thing. Right. So like yeah. and all of her family's here in Richmond. And so we kind of share this kind of crazy. Um, we call we call our family tree like a pine, not an oak. Right? Yes. Because it's kind of like uh, my kids are double first cousins with her, with my brother's kids. It's crazy. Um, but she had a whole career in politics. Uh, when we lived in D.C., that's what brought us there. Um, she's actually spent a bunch of time like in leadership positions in schools, which you'll, you can appreciate more than most, Bob. Um, she recently was spent seven years at a uh, classical school here in Richmond as like head of communications and like uh, uh, community engagement and is currently um, has uh, left, she's teaching still, but has left that for the most part and is launching a, um, a, a small uh, liberal arts school here uh, in our neighborhood, a neighborhood school um, that's meant to be um, ethnically and economically diverse. And so, wow. yeah, it's called the Mago Day Neighborhood School, which we're really, really excited about. But um, starting, uh, starting something um, is a, it's a, it's just a big endeavor. So um, yes. we are, that's a whole nother hill we're trying to, trying to climb. Yeah, I helped a um, uh, charter school here in town that's, uh, mm. I think, just hit their 10th anniversary. But, like, at the very beginning, like, the per same person that was driving the bus was uh, filling out the state paperwork, was buzzing mm -hmm. people in the door, right? And it just you do what you have to do to make it work. That's right. Um, so um, one more question about contribution, because I think that um, this is the unique piece of this series, is that I'm really intrigued by the level of contribution that many people that we went to high school are making on the world. Mm. Um, and I know all of us that I asked this question to will downplay our contribution. Sure. But um, what, what do you, what do you, what do you say your contribution to the world has been and what do you wow. hope it to be over the next decade or so? Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that, it's, a, it's a lofty question. And I think it's only fair, Bob, if we like take a future episode and just dedicate it all to Robert Dillon, 
Sorry, Dr. Robert Dillon. Right, maybe I get both sides, like double-sided and push them together and do some <laughs> yes. sort of weird AI cloning thing. Yeah, I think that would be amazing. I think you could do a great job interviewing yourself. It'd be, it'd be fascinating. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I think our, like, I feel called to use the gifts that I've been given. And so I think to the extent that you, each of us takes what we've been given and gives it to others, finds ways to give it to others, whether you're in a corporate environment, an educational environment, nonprofit sector, like, I, like I think those are all great places for us to like seek seek ways to um, serve others, and sometimes it's in your profession, sometimes it's um, uh, you know in kind of kind of outside of all that. Um, yeah. One of our uh, friends and classmates, which I, I think is a great kind of name to call out, who I think has done a great job of this, is uh, Jim and Jennifer Fetch. Right? You look at their family and what they've done. Like, oh, I get the chills just thinking about them. I just um, I love. I think they've got just a great story of ripples. Uh, and what they've done, and um, so uh, that would I would call them out maybe as a future podcast. One of my requests to you. There you go. Let me see if I can cue that one up for you. Yes, I'll, yeah. I, I have to be responsive to your audience, right? Uh, that's all that I'm asking. To do with marketing, I think probably. And you could, uh, yeah, I think that's right. And I think um, I think you got to get both of them on because they're um, they're all stars. So um, yeah. So for me, I like so using yeah the gifts I've been given in terms of communication and brand marketing and stuff. Uh, but hopefully not only to the clients that we serve, uh, but I really get excited about um, growing a team and like um, helping other people to use their gifts, I think is like part of what hopefully what, how, how I'm being used. Uh, and yeah, that we get to kind of leave it, leave it on the field, right? That we can serve others with that. So, yeah, let me ask one more question. And I know the road we're going down there, but like, um, yeah. So your faith has played an important role in your life in a long period of time. Yeah, not looking for your whole faith story, but like, how does that contribute to you as a father and you as a supporter and contributor, and kind of what role is that playing for you right now? Yeah, that's a, it's a it's great, and I you could you can just cut me off any any point here, but I mean for me, I think it's about um, it's about freedom, and so um, I am a Christian who believes that I've been uh, I've been saved by a good heavenly Father uh, through uh, through Jesus and. Um, I think because of that, it gives me the place to be able to, I, I heard a quote the other day that said, um, I'm working um, not for approval, but I'm working from approval. So like, mm. I'm good. Like I know, know who I am. And so therefore, like I can go and pursue um, others. Like I can try to give to others. Like I, I can really, um, I think work hard because I'm not trying, I'm hopefully, I mean, I still have sin that creeps in constantly. Um, but like I, it gives me the freedom to be able to go really pursue things. And so I think for, hopefully for Christians, um, like risk looks different. Right. And so I'm, um, mm. and so I'm trying to live that, that, that is, I do that, um, you know, at various levels of success, but, um, yeah, but it definitely is informative to me in terms of, um, yeah, the freedom that I feel and like the desire to be able to, to see justice. Um, yeah, yeah like this, this side of, of heaven. Yeah, I would say that kind of the social justice mission for me has ramped up considerably mm -hmm. uh, through my faith. But I love what you say about freedom and the ability to look at risk differently. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, those are that's kind of a unique perspective, but I think a freeing one. So uh, mm -hmm. uh, I love that. So uh, some final easy questions, because let's yes. finish the easy ones. Uh, kind of lightning round uh, sort of questions. What are you currently reading? Oh man. Well, first of all, I'm a terrible reader and I hate to, like I'm talking to a teacher about this. And so I just, I've never been good in school, Bob. And so I just feel like this is, I feel like a little bit set up for that. Um, uh, so uh, my wife and I, we live in the city of Richmond and we're involved in lots of uh, cross-cultural conversations. And so I try to educate myself on that front. Uh, so there's a girl, um, um, there's a, the book is called Brown Girl Learning, Brown Girl Dreaming, is that right? Um, and so um, 
it's really, it's just a rich, it's almost more, it's poetic in form. Um, and so like, I'm, my wife especially like leads the way in our home, but like she passes books on to me um, about like, like that. So that's, that's the book that I'm currently reading. Yeah, I, I would suggest you also grab why white people like salad. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. I, that, that genre I have very much enjoyed. There's a, yeah, and so if you that. haven't read that, that's a great uh, narrative about a whole bunch of different things that um, really expands our ability to have cross-race conversations. Which yeah, I think yeah. There's there's a lot there's a lot out there like on this front. Um, yeah. So a, on the on the music side of things, you know, um, is there an album that you're listening to today that you're loving? And I know that changes Spotify and all those things. Right. 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 Is there a set of music you're listening to today that you love, or one that you reach back 20, 25 years and say, "I still listen." Gosh, I hate. Uh, yeah, I'm not afraid to say that uh, Pearl Jam's Pearl Jam's Ten album is still strong on my playlist. Um, I would say Chili Peppers. And how could you not call out uh, Aaron Fader and Bill Gittemeyer at this point? Uh, I, I don't feel worthy to be able to listen to that still based on uh, their modeling of taking us to Lollapalooza way back when uh, and the memories that happened there. So yeah, that are, concert and that festival came up in conversation while I was in Phoenix this weekend because uh, it was the beginning of music festivals and it might've oh. been the best one ever, right? Like, and it's hard to say that the first experience was the best one, but um, <laughs> I, Pearl Jam and Chili Peppers and Soundgarden and there it is. that was uh, one heck of a day. And uh, we can't say we went to the first year of Lollapalooza, but we can say we went to the second one. It was early, man. It was early. Yeah. That's right. But uh, yeah, Pearl Jam 10, not a bad choice at all. Thank you. Um, where were you yes. on 9-11? Yeah, 9-11, we were uh, living in Cincinnati. I was working for Procter & Gamble. Um, very clear memories of watching, I mean, being in my office, actually. I was in my office, and then they sent everybody home, and um, just in absolute disbelief. And just uh, the scene that kind of sticks in my mind is, like, obviously the replaying of it with my son, who was, gosh, uh, how old, he was just a couple years old, frankly. Um, and maybe he's, like, two, like, watching the screen and, like, going to like, knowing that this was going to be part of like his world. He would know no other world uh, than a post on the world. Yeah. Crazy. And um, yeah, I, um, I think that we all in our generations have those moments. My parents are always like, I know where I was when Kennedy was shot or wow. whatever. Right. Like, and so uh, that one will stick. And then um, I, I certainly remember when the, the challenger disaster happened. That's right. Maybe because I'm a NASA, you know, uh, junkie or whatever, but uh, that one sticks in my brain. Any others that you know exactly where you were when something happened? Yeah, I mean, I, actually, it's funny that we mentioned uh, uh, Aaron Fader. I remember being at his house, actually, when, um, I think it was like when the Berlin Wall fell. That's oh, okay. the time it works out, about right. Yeah. Um, I have memories of watching, uh, of actually when Kennedy, or when Reagan got shot. I think I was like watching Dukes of Hazzard. Um, <laughs> I remember when OJ, The Chase, I was at, I was at Derek Hoven's house oh. watching NBA basketball. And here we come, they cut in. Bob Costas, here comes the Bronco. So I forget that. I, I forgot that until just Man, now. That's, that's so, awesome. that's, it's that's funny that. how moments imprint in our lives like that's that. That's right. That's right. Um, so final shout out, like looking back, if there was a teacher, uh, either college or high school, that you wish you could go back and thank mm. because they contributed to something you didn't even know they contributed to you until so much later. Uh, yeah. Who fits on that list for you? Yeah, I mean, I think some of it, I, I think the first person that often comes to my mind is actually, um, 
it was actually, a, a, I, think it was a, I think it was a middle school, like when I, when I used to be gifted, um, Mrs. Hamilton um, in the D.A.R.E. program, um, I think it was a middle school at Holman. Um, she was like, uh, yes, yeah, so she really spoke into me. I think she just, which I think is, um, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about anybody in your life, but teachers have a unique role in this, so like believing in you and like looking at you and saying, man, you really like seeing something in you that maybe others either don't see or don't call out. And she did that for me. And so I, I don't know where she is now, but um, she, she was a, she was a, that was important to me. Um, yeah. Bob, would you be willing to share who you would say is that? Is for you? Oh, I, I, Randy Pierce still plays a deep role for yes. me, right? So, you know, I got to travel all over the state. I got to see all kinds of amazing places and it took me from St. Anne, Missouri to realize in Missouri mm. was a bigger place. And I would mm. say that probably since then it allowed me to realize that I can travel and be self-sufficient and do my own thing. So I, I, there was a catalyst there when our, my family didn't do much traveling. So by the jumping on a school bus and going to the other side of the state was a big deal at the time. That's for awesome. So I'll take it. Um, thanks for joining and thanks for being a part of this experience. And I know that we had a chance to meet face to face after mm -hmm. I ran the Marine Corps marathon, which was a long time ago. Uh, but, uh, I appreciate your willingness to get that day to jump in a car and come hang out for a little while and also to jump on the podcast here today. So thanks for being yeah. here. Thanks for having me, Bob. Thanks for listening to the Help Me Understand podcast. For more about my work, you can head over to drrobertdillon.com or follow me on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Don't forget to rate this podcast as it helps alert others to the great conversations and ideas happening in this space. Until next time, this is Dr. Robert Dillon reminding you that an intentional life is filled with awe, curiosity, and joy.